everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Happy day after Thanksgiving. How are you guys doing on this Black Friday? I'd be really curious to know how many of you are just like, forget about it. And uh, how many of you guys actually got up at three in the morning to brave the crowds and the weather? And uh, um, it's just, this is a really interesting day. And I think it's fun. We're going to talk about the power of weakness today. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, so we were here on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, talking about the gift of hope. And today, as we head into the holidays, and there we're just in full in full uh, swing now, right? I'm always so happy. I'm not going to lie. I'm so happy when Halloween is over because it's just, it's like we have this wonderful, you know, the the leaves are blowing through the air. At least in my neck of the woods, it's getting it's starting to get cold here now, right? Um, because we're at the end of November and getting pretty darn close to winter. I can't actually wait until the winter solstice, which means the day will start getting longer again. This is a tough time of year for a lot of people because it starts getting dark so early in the day. And then, right, it just, it, it seems like anyway, it's dark for, I don't know, I wake up in the morning uh, to get ready for work and school and all that, and it's dark. And when my husband comes home from the office, um, it's dark. (laughs) So this is not my favorite time of year, but it is the most wonderful time of the year. And it gives us an opportunity, I think, the twinkling lights and all that, just to to, um, remember that we have so much to be grateful for. Um, And today, I'm going to kind of kick off the after-holiday season by talking about weakness. And you say, well, that's not awesome. And you just brought me down and I was listening to my Christmas music and everything was going great. And then you start, you know, Heidi's talking about weakness. But actually, I think you guys are going to be encouraged because the Bible has a lot to say about weakness and why we should actually be thankful for it if we know the Lord. So I'm going to take you today to 2 Corinthians 12 and I'm going to read um, verses 1 to 10. So for, so okay, so for me, uh, reading this uh, is is um is kind of is kind of tantamount to um, me kind of babysitting you. So if you get an opportunity to look it up, if you're not scripture writing with me, I want you to look it up because starting in January, I'm actually going to be giving you guys Bible studies every week, not real heavy duty ones, but just enough to kind of keep you in the Word of God every day. And we're going to talk about the culture, and we're going to just be referring back to the Word of God all the time. Because that is where, that's our plumb line. That's how we know uh, what's right and wrong. That's how we know how God wants us to react in any given situation. It's how we know how to stay married. It's how we know how to parent our children. It's because we trust in the word of God and we trust what God says about his children is right on the money. Why? Because God knows us because he created us. And Paul in chapter 12 of 2 Corinthians is talking about a thorn in his flesh. So something is going on. We never really know what it is. Scholars will, uh, Biblical scholars will disagree and kind of debate about it, but it doesn't really matter. Um, Paul has a thorn in his flesh and he's frustrated by it. And so he starts off uh, with chapter 12 kind of taking um, a little a little piece from uh, from the previous chapter, and he's kind of continuing. And he says, this boasting will do no good, but I must go on. I will reluctantly tell about visions and revelations from the Lord. I was caught up into the third heaven. This is so exciting, because to me, my grandmother uh, grew up uh, teaching, or I grew up, my grandma's already grown when I was born. I should probably clear that up. <laughs> but I grew up listening to my grandmother, who was an incredible Bible teacher, and my grandfather was a pastor, talking about revelation. 
And she loved this particular passage because of how it relates to the book of Revelation and to what heaven is like. But in verse two, uh, Paul says, I was caught up into the third heaven 14 years ago. So it sounds to me like he's not making this up. Like he, he remembers. And he says, whether I was in my body or out of my body, I don't know. Only God knows. Yes, only God knows whether I was in my body or outside my body. So you can tell he's kind of thinking about this again, right? Because for whatever reason, well, not for whatever reason, it was a big deal. He was caught up into the third heaven and he remembers it so distinctly that he's still going, that was crazy. And I don't know if I was in my body or outside my body, but I guess it doesn't matter because God knows. So he goes on to say toward the end of verse three, but I do know that I was caught up to paradise. Remember we talked about this on Wednesday? Like we we have heaven to look forward to. Christians should be the most hopeful people on the planet because we know how this thing ends. We know how we know how it began because God told us and we know how it's gonna end. And he says, I was caught up uh, to paradise and heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words, things no human is allowed to tell. That experience is worth boasting about, but I'm not going to do it. I will boast only about my weakness. This is where it gets really important and really applicable to every single one of us right now. If I wanted to boast, I would be no fool in doing so because I would be telling the truth, but I won't do it because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God. So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. I'm going to stop there for just a second. First of all, we've talked about this many times on the podcast. Um, The Bible says that God opposes the proud. He does not want us to get proud. He doesn't want us to take pride in the things that we do for a living. He doesn't want us to take pride in an accomplishment. He doesn't want us to take pride in our family. He wants us to take pride in him and to boast about him to the point where he will actually give us things to keep us from becoming proud. Why? Because he loves us. And um, I always tell people, you know, there, there are several things in my life that have uh, that God has used to either make me humble or keep me humble, not the least of which is I am constantly reminded of my own physical limitations and my own, um, you know, I, I know some of you guys, well, none of you really know me, hardly any of you, <laughs> but I have a lot of physical limitations in my body, things that keep me and from doing sometimes what I want to do. And I and I recognize more than anything, what it does is it keeps me from going, well, look at that. I just traveled from blah, 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 these two weekends. And that, you know, I didn't, I'm, I'm like, nope. I know that if it wasn't for the sustaining power of God, I would not be able to do it at all. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to know that. And the apostle Paul totally gets it where he says, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Why? Because God opposes the proud. He doesn't want us to become proud. Pride is killing us in the culture right now, by the way, absolutely killing us. And uh, this is kind of what we were talking about on Monday uh, on the podcast, this idea that our rights always supersede someone else's rights. They come from the root, which is pride, right? So verse eight, three different times, I begged the Lord to take it away. So he, he doesn't like this. How many of you guys are in a situation right now that you don't like, that you're just like, I hate this, take it away. Or I want recognition for something, Lord. Why am I not being recognized? Or I wanted that promotion at work and I didn't get it. Or, I mean, it can be any one of a number of things, right? Which is why the Bible tells us over and over again, if you're going to do something for somebody else, do it in secret because your father in heaven who sees all things will hear it and reward you. God doesn't want us 
uh, boasting about anything. And so this is where the Apostle Paul recognizes, oh my goodness, it's actually the weakness that God's working in. So in verse 8, he says, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. And each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that why? So that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This was one of the verses that I that I run to particularly when I feel hurt or especially weak because of insults and persecutions uh, that are aimed at me because of my stand for Christ in the culture. I can't even imagine uh, running for a political office right now and being a Christian. And yet, that's what we're called to do. We're called to get out there and and be prepared to give an answer for the hope that lies within us, both in season, right, and out of season. And so I I am thinking, if you're listening to this today and you have a physical or a, an emotional or a financial weakness, God is saying, I want to work through that weakness. My power works best in weakness. I've often said this to homeschool moms over the years as I've traveled around the country with my family, that... Uh, I think homeschooling is one of those great examples of God's power being made perfect in weakness because the truth of the matter is um, homeschooling, I don't know how people do it without Jesus. I really don't, <laughs> right? Because I've been homeschooling for a really long time. And there are days when I'm just like, I can't do it. That was today. I can't do this for one more second. And God is saying, yes, you can. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Because God doesn't want us to get to the end of our homeschooling journey or the end of our parenting journey or the end of our life or anything else and look around at all the people and say, well, thank you very much. You know, I'm I'm glad I got put on this earth and I'm glad I could help you. And I wouldn't have been able to do it except for I found this amazing homeschooling book or I wouldn't have been able to do it except for I was born with an incredible talent. No, God wants us to get on our knees fall flat on our face before him at the end of our lives and say, thank you, Jesus, that was all you. It was all you. God wants us to give him credit. And then God says, guess what? Guess what you get for that? You get power made perfect in weakness. I don't know about you, but that makes me a hundred different kinds of happy. A hundred different kinds of happy. I'm gonna end today by reading uh, a devotion by one of my favorite authors, um, and his name is is Paul David Tripp. He has a book out called New Morning Mercies, which a friend of mine gave to me several years ago, and I have referred to it over and over and over again. One of the things I love about this particular devotion is it's meaty, and I really appreciate that. But here's one of his devotions. He starts out by saying, there's not a day that you won't need it. There's not a situation that won't demand it. What is it? The power of Jesus. I knew there was only one way to help him. It was the only way because he didn't want my help. He was only four years old and had already begun to deny his weaknesses. He desperately wanted to be independently strong and wise, but he wasn't. Anybody else have a four-year-old like that? He wanted to believe that he didn't need the wise words and strong arms of a parent, but he did. He wanted to believe that he knew more than he did and had more ability than he did. So he fought my parenting care once again, and then it hit me. He needed to experience his weakness so that he would run for my care. So I walked away. No, not because I was mad at him and walking away was the best way to punish him. I walked away because I loved him and it was the best way to get him to seek and esteem that love. I knew what would happen. I knew he could not do what he was fighting so hard to do independently. I knew that at some point he would give up, admit his weakness to himself 
and seek my help. About a half an hour later, I heard the pitter-patter of his little feet in the hallway floor. He peeked around the corner and said, I can't do it. I said, what do you want daddy to do? And he said the words that were good for his heart to say, I need your help. You see, you and I weren't created for independent living. We were created to be dependent on God. Add to this fact that sin leaves us broken and weak. We all need strength beyond our own power and will never independently possess it. So God, in his grace, grants us power in the person of the Holy Spirit who lives in each one of his children. We simply are no longer left to the resources of our own strength to remind us of who we are, what we need, and what we've been given. God will walk down the hallway and let us experience our weakness once again so that we will seek and celebrate the strength that is only ever found in him. When he does this, it is not an act of divine anger, but a response of tender parental grace, the kind of grace you and I will continue to need until grace has finished its work. That's powerful stuff, isn't it? It's a powerful reminder of why our weakness is used by God. I'm going to end today with Ephesians 3, verses uh, 20 and 21. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power and work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. If you're in a place of weakness today, look up. There's no better place to be than in a place where you recognize your need for a savior and you recognize that God not only wants to, but is absolutely able to come in and do something extraordinary in the midst of your weakness. Let him do it, you guys. His power is made perfect in weakness. Are you looking for inspiration as you get ready to homeschool next semester? Maybe like me, you need a little shot in the arm. Well, if so, IEW's winter retreat is just what you need. My friends at the Institute for Excellence in Writing have prepared an awesome, no-cost retreat just for you. And you can attend a full day of workshops from the comfort of your own home. Hey, hey, absolutely free. Be encouraged and equipped by Andrew Pudawa, my friend Sarah McKenzie, and Adam Andrews, and more. There's no cost to attend. Register today at IW.com. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast today. Don't forget, we've got one day where the tickets to the MomStrong Conference will go on sale for the entire year, and that is Monday the 27th. Also Monday, my friend Wendy Speak is going to be coming on uh, the podcast with me. I asked her to come on to address a particularly interesting and I think um, wonderful question for Mailbox Monday about how to uh, to interact with your kids when what you've been doing isn't working anymore. So I think you guys are going to really be encouraged by that. And in the meantime, have a great weekend. Enjoy your, uh, your turkey hangover. And I will see you back here on Monday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com. <laughs>